had a long, right. long wind up to start this, so we're just <laughs> getting right into it because otherwise we're just, we're gonna... just gonna keep babbling on and not make anything. So exactly, yeah, yeah, we're, we're keeping it real casual on this episode of Casual Creeps. cabinets of the curiosities this time yes dipping our toes back into the guillermo collection and this one was very delightful i quite enjoyed yes, it this one's the most it's... fun it's like a tim burtony done right <laughs> so yeah i was gonna say this one we're talking about graveyard rats which is episode two um and it's directed by uh Vin- <laughs> Vincenzo Natali. All right. Is Vincenzo Natali. It looks Italian, yeah. but it's based on a teleplay um, oh, and really? a horror short story by mm-hmm. American writer Henry Kuttner, first published in the magazine Weird Tales in March 1936. Ooh, so that is evil yeah, than tiny. It's oh. old. But the vibe of this episode is very Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Like, there's so much of, yes. like, because obviously Sweeney Todd was adapted into a movie by Tim Burton, but it's mm-hmm. originally a play. Yes, it's so, very play-like. Yeah. Very Meant play-like, for the it, it makes Even sense like it was the... a teleplay before this. Like it yes. because I used to I used to listen to those uh old BBC radio uh mm-hmm. horror audio horror radio plays because they have them all for free on YouTube. You can listen to all of them. And uh it, it felt like that. They have like very operas like, Oh, Jimmy went in and the creeping chill of the room washed over him as the cobwebs obscured oh, yeah. his It's got the creep. that it's got that Vincent Price like yeah, uh, yes, Vincent Price. That's, narrative that's, yeah. <laughs> to it. Yeah. And then, uh, hello, do you like some candy? That's not Vincent Price. <laughs> that's not that's. Uh, <laughs> hello, do you like some candy? <laughs> I'm Vincent Price. <laughs> no. That makes me think of a show I watched when I was a child. <laughs> Uh, I recognize that voice, but don't know what it's from. I've also seen something. Sesame Street or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just can't count all these cookies. Oh, is it the Count? No, the Count has like a Dracula voice. Like, one. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, yeah. Who? The Count Count was one of my favorite Sesame Street characters. (laughs) Dressed like a pimp. That was good. He did dress like a pimp. But yeah, so the graveyard rats, uh, it does you, you just said that so, so wistfully. Like, <laughs> you went back into your memories as a child and just, he did dress like a pig. He did yeah. dress like a pig. I remember saying that when I was four. Yeah, I dressed like a pig. I'm just trying to avoid unneeded tensions, that's all. Okay. I pulled you right back into it. I didn't let yeah, it rest. Okay, you okay. couldn't let it go. So yeah, like the, the way that this episode is directed, I think is perfect for this style of a show because it's or this style of an episode because it's so um simple in what it's about. Yes. Like it takes it's really just about a man's greed. And how much he and, hates rats. Uh, and his and how much he hates rats. 
I mean, the whole his entire yeah, yeah, it's greed. He's a horrible, horrible person. His entire personality. It just reminds me, actually. He's very rat-like. He's name? very. He it's acts like... very rodenty because he does the same. He hates rats because he does exactly what the rats do. Is it Miss Lovett from Sweeney Todd? The oh, like the yes, one that's in the, the bakery. The pie lady. His person, yeah, the pie lady. He's like her. Like yeah, that's, that's who he's like. Because I think Sweeney Todd had like a. He has a sense of morality in the beginning. Yeah, but I don't think he really ever distressed. does. No, no, this, this guy, guy is like has no pure... sense of morality. But Miss Lovett's, or she's like cooking people into pies, and she doesn't give a shit. Like that's yeah, kind of yeah. his sense of morality. He, she falls in love with of... Sweeney Todd because he's killing people and she's cooking them. Yeah. And he's like, this is really fucked up. I don't like want to be killing people and cooking them, but I got my problems. Yeah. So it has that kind of like 1920s, uh, 1930s, like dirty yeah. London look to the, it. And it's like the Boston. Dark, I think it's like Boston, grimy. Massachusetts. Well, it takes Salem, place in but, Salem. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it takes place in Salem, but it just makes me think of those like cobblestone London streets. Yeah. The style, arts, that time. The style of the architecture would, is the same. Exactly. Like, it, it, it's it essentially just makes you think the of London that, of, yeah. of America. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So. Graveyard Rats um, takes place during interwar, which I didn't know was a thing. Interwar. But interwar lasted from uh, November 1918 to September 1939, which was the end of the First World War until the beginning of the Second yeah. World War. I never knew that they had like an official name for that time period. Yeah. Interwar, the the space between first and second. War. Oh, what a depressing yeah. time! You go through yeah. the you go through the Great oh Depression, God. and then you so go back to World War Two, where you think, well, we didn't think we'd have to call it two. We thought one would be enough. <laughs> Fuck. Happened not that just twenty years later. How depressing is that? Jesus. Greatly. <laughs> Greatly, greatly <laughs> depressing, I could even say. It's a great depressing. Um, and a lot of newspaper soup. I watched this amazing, gosh. super old lady on YouTube who uh, cooks food from the Great Depression that she grew up eating. And oh, it's just I've like, seen that lady. Yeah, she looks yeah. like she's like a thousand years old and the sweetest grandma <laughs> you'd ever see. <laughs> oh, she can save money like no one else, I oh, bet. Oh my gosh, she pinches pennies like a, a boss. <laughs> She pinches pennies to the point where they she milks them and they, then drinks that. They actually call Sorry, her bank account. So st- <laughs> oh, oh shit! This is the I stupidest know. joke in the world. All right, so That's the level of comedy following... that people have come here to expect. Right. Uh, <laughs> so we're following. We're following a man named Masson. Is that how you pronounce it? Oh. Again, I'm, I'm like Mason, terrible Mason. with remembering names of any movies I watch. I'm going to say Mason because it sounds more like a name, but it's spelled Mason. it's spelled like Masson, M-A-S-S-O-N. Yeah, it must just it's be like an old-timey S's. spelling of it or something. Mason. Yeah. So Mason is a grave robber in desperate need of funds. Yeah, <laughs> and like you can tell that like he, and it's great because they don't give him too much backstory, but the way he speaks yeah, he is, is very kind of proper like once upon a time he was yeah. from money so he and his one came suit from he money. wears is kind of nice yeah. it used to be nice and he's clearly desperate for cash at this point um yeah. he's not doing so good now oh, uh, and we start out with him 
digging up a grave and stripping the body dry no, of treasures. No redeeming including, qualities. And not only is he taking like the jewelry off of this person, but also their teeth that yeah. have like golden fillings uh, or just like golden teeth. He's got his little and pair of working tongs that he uses to pull out their teeth with, like all his little tools. Yeah. Uh, and there's like a specific piece of jewelry he takes that kind of looks like a weird spider thing oh yes it's like yes. a yeah it's a pendant and he takes it and it like it looks kind of yeah it's like i can't really describe it that well but Tentacles, it looks sort of spidery of tentacly arms almost yeah. it's like yeah. it's very lovecraftian once again yes it's um, very very much a nod to lovecraft with that thing yeah. holy crap um, this this so episode is definitely one of the most Lovecraftian feeling stories, and it's and yeah. oddly enough, it wasn't. I know, I'm specifically a Lovecraft story, but it yeah. feels like so many of them, like the rats in the walls. Oh, it's and, definitely the vibe. Like yeah. I kind of actually wonder if they were all like all the directors were told beforehand that that's kind of the theme of all of like the, so, all the all episodes. Of, yeah. They definitely have they a all... commonality to them, except for like the cream one. That isn't like Lovecraft. Yeah, That's outside. Like David Cronenberg. That <laughs> one's gross. So I wonder if maybe otherworldly, yeah. and when someone says otherworldly, they kind of automatically think of Lovecraft. So that yes. might have been what happened. Well, and and Guillermo del Toro is like kind of the modern day, thankfully very less racist version of Lovecraft. Yeah. Like, you watch the Hellboy, uh, first Hellboy movie, and it's like, okay, yeah, they literally at the end of the movie goes to, like, a Lovecraft dimension with giant tentacle monsters, and Pacific Rim as well, he made a giant yeah. monster movie, so he's he's very much in, in that vein, that world of weirdness. He has he owns a home that I would desperately want to go to, where he just collects creepy shit and puts it in his house, it, and it's like movies and books and, like, weird oddities that he buys like a, i don't know like a pygmy head or oh something God. and he brings so people cool. there and like inspires people with his house of inspiration and i was like oh my god that's a... i was like i want to go there i will be inspired by your magical house of spookiness that'd be amazing be the, could i go there he'd be the best he'd be the best uncle oh my god yeah he he um uncle Guillermo. i watched uh I, I listened to a podcast with uh was it frodo and uh he went to his house and interviewed guillermo del toro there <gasps> Elijah Woods? Elijah Wood, yeah, he has a podcast yeah. where he interviews like filmmakers and he goes to his house of oddities oh, and that's how I learned about so it. I'm jealous. It's like, oh, you're in his house right now talking to him. <laughs> oh, I'm so jealous. That'd be so cool. I'd turn into like a so, six-year-old. Yeah. Like, just look up at him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd somehow be shorter than him. I would just shrink. Yeah. Does, yeah. You're always shorter than Guillermo del Toro. He's yeah. just... He is his own... <laughs> <laughs> His own person. But the real life in reality, he's probably, yeah. he's probably not that tall in real life. But I like to imagine him yeah. as just like this massive being. Yeah. He's, Humongous. He's, I picture him like the Kingpin from Spider-Man. <laughs> the Kingpin's like the human, like the Kingpin in oh the Spider-Verse. Like the Spider-Verse, the first one, yeah. When he wears that black suit, he kind of looks like the Kingpin. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so true. Except way way sweeter looking he looks more like a teddy yeah. bear that you want to hug than you know, a giant <laughs> box that's gonna punch you in the face yeah the nice person he's a nice brother yeah <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah. He's, so <laughs> he's prince can't prince soon i don't know I don't know what King yeah, well, well, we'll keep going with the story. Okay, okay, let's yeah, move on we're, from tangent. We're not two. even 
we're not even uh, out of the intro, so. We know what the character is now. <laughs> yeah, so Mason. Um, so he's uh, stripped the body of treasures, including a golden tooth. He is, however, interrupted by a rat after the rat bites him <laughs> as he's like digging for the tooth that he yeah, just they're dropped. they're like fighting over so, their They're fighting property. over the golden tooth. Yeah. And yeah, he kind of just like, oh. That's a low point in your life when you're, rat. You're, you're in a physical battle with a rat for your well-being. You're in a physical battle with a rat and he kind of backs away and then there's all the rats are coming at this point and they just kind of take over and he's yeah. like, well, fuck, okay. This yeah. is not my body anymore. All right, the rats um, now take it. They're the rats now. And it turns out that the rats have been such a problem that he is unable to retrieve as many valuables as usual in order to pay off his debts. <laughs> yeah, which I presume he has debts. He's bitching to his debt collector about how the rats are nibbling on him and how like how terrible of a situation he's in, and he's trying to like spin this sob story to him while he's just like butchering a fish down at the docks. <laughs> he's like, I don't care. I'm gonna put you in a box. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you don't pay me back plus interest, like you're gonna be what the one in that box. So yeah, I don't and know what to do. He's the perfect he like extra 20... too. Like I just know he's like he looked perfect. He had like his little sailor toque oh, on. He had his he old tie. Cast mustache. so perfectly. He actually looks like someone straight out of Portland. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, he could go to any hipster coffee shop and be a barista like, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's got his like he's got his black toque and like that yeah. black mustache that, he's wearing. Like there's a... an alternate version of that scene where he's like making a pour over coffee. And yes. He's like doing that while he's like, if you don't got my money, I'm gonna feed you to the fishes. <laughs> yeah, oh, and he's doing like the sip, like yeah. the like the taster coffee sips. Mm. Yeah, brew fifty six. Good. <laughs> All right, jotting that down in my coffee notebook. Yeah, I, I, um, I my spare time, I'm a coffee enthusiast. I'm he's a... got he's got one book that says coffee, and he like writes down notes, and the other one where it's just like his black book where people yeah. he has to kill. <laughs> I have a dream of opening up a coffee shop where I do specialized pour-overs. It's going to be really classy. <laughs> he goes and starts telling of his business plan. You see, you always have to wait, but I'm going to have multiple pour-overs so multiple people can have the pour-overs at the same time. <laughs> As he's like, uh, like telling him he's gonna murder, murder this dude. I need your money. money. I can't make my pour over coffee shop a reality. And you know how soul crushing that would be for me. Why, Why is he suddenly southern? He's like this southern guy. His Boston accent's falling apart. There's no Boston in that accent. No, no. Uh, I'm not sure if at so... any point there was actually a Boston accent there, but it was. A different there's, sounding voice from what I normally see. The sound intention like. was there. Yeah, there was some intention. I'm sure so, I offended yeah. somebody. I'm sure, yeah, of course, why not? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the hipster dude is really wanting his money. He's great. Otherwise, he, he's gonna. It's such a small role, but he's so perfect in it. He's just oh, like. He's so he, good. The guy nails I re- it. I, re- I remember thinking this too, or saying this while we were watching it, because the Mason is has these huge 
like whiny monologues on why he yeah. should be spared, like his life should be spared and how he's like worth so much more. Yeah. And then like he just, just cuts to the hipster guy and he's like working away. He kind of looks up every now and then, works away. And then he's so it's his lit time, so like ominously. Yeah, he's lit so ominously and he, just like his character is so perfect that he plays. And yeah. when he does speak, he just looks up and he's like, He's basically like, I don't give a shit. He has the perfect face of not giving a fuck. (laughs) You give me, you give me that money or those treasures. Otherwise, you're going to be the one in that box, buddy. I think like at one point he bends the pendant because he's like trying to tell him how expensive and fabulous it is. And he just like puts it in his mouth and like twists it. He's like, this is shit. Don't try to con me. I, I I know what you are. You're a scumbag. I'm the one who lent you money, probably to try to do something super scummy. So, like, mm-hmm. he's he's very aware of his clientele, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. So the the one necklace that he finds, um, that's like the spider shaped pendant, mm-hmm. he ends up selling for a lot lower than he was expecting. Yeah. So that was kind of like it seems like this pendant is like at least a little bit important because they they keep focusing on it. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's weird looking. Like it's like okay, that's not normal looking. jewelry. You don't buy that at a Tiffany's. It's a weird one, <laughs> but apparently it was only made out of like it was made out of sterling silver, but it was like crappy quality. So yeah, it was, like not worth that much. Mm-hmm. Um, Just looks fancy. But cultists still... are cheap. Cultists are cheap. So yeah, he didn't get enough money, and he has like I don't know twenty four hours or something to get. The rest you of have 24 hours. Own. Yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. So he's like, fuck, okay, what do I do? So <laughs> High stress. Scared for his life, he, he needs to acquire money quickly. So uh, Mason goes to the mortuary. Old pal, Miss Death himself. And Another great part, character actor who's in this. Like, every small role has such a unique looking yeah. person in it. So they're all quite memorable, even though they're barely in the episode. It's kind of nice. But I also have to say, this was the part where I noted that it looked specifically like Sweeney Todd, because in yes. between these two sequences, there's all these like um, sweeping long shots along the dirty alleyways with the cobblestone streets mm-hmm. and dirty brick buildings, the piles of smoke in the background. Like I love smoky streets. I love old-timey smoky. smoky streets, where Jack the, the Ripper lighting. could pop out at any moment. <laughs> the lighting is like a greenish gray yeah. and it has that musical score that kind of made me think of the yes. music from Sweeney Todd. It really this sounds so like, it. like Yes. Just if anything, this, if you like Sweeney Todd, watch this episode. Yeah, I kind of yeah. have a soft spot for that movie. Oh, no, it's great. Yeah, I sh- even I like it. I, I should... hate musicals for the most part, but even I enjoy yeah. it. I'm like, oh, that's a fun musical. I like. I can get behind a murder musical. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it also feels like an old-timey episode like Sherlock Holmes or something. Like, he's about to go solve a, going to go have a face-off against Moriarty, and they're going to have witty dialogue. <laughs> yeah and like the way it's shot is so cheesy too I'll, I'll get more like there's some specific shots that i've noted throughout the oh, okay. episode because it was like just kind of nice i like Without... cheesy like oh, horror yeah. movie shots there's just super fun yeah it's a really so... it's a really fun like popcorn type of type of movie yeah. where it's like you, you know you're not gonna get too scared in it but it's it's fun no. it's not taking itself too seriously but you can tell they love all that like you're gonna see some spooky stuff and some some monsters, but you're never going to get that yeah. scared. It's just going to be fun. It's a quick, quick like, 38, 40-minute episode. Like, it's pretty quick, but it's a nice, good The Halloween pacing episode. is great. Yeah, it's a perfect one to, like, for, like, 
kids that are like you know maybe starting to like horror they're like 10 or something you know they yeah. can see this that like there's no real gore in it the scariest thing is rats <laughs> like, yeah i do appreciate that i believe at least it looks like they use real rats which at certain points at least so it's and- like I don't know. They look pretty fake to me. <laughs> oh, I thought like maybe when they were like like some of the, well, not when they were in like big groups, but like the individual ones when he was like interacting with one of them, like some of the ones that were like actually on him kind of looked more real. Oh, maybe the ones that like bit him and stuff were definitely CG though. Yeah, I, well, then you couldn't have a real rat biting a person. I'd probably no. so you'd have to like piss it off to do it anyway. So it's like eh, yeah, probably, yeah, probably or bad. maybe they're all fake. I <laughs> just very gullible. They're well. bad animator, Chris knows. Oh. This is why I, I make the, the the cartoons and not the visual effects. I just I thought oh, it was God, all real, I and I got so scared I ran out of the office screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's it's happening! It's too intense for me. <laughs> Chris, you're 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 just animating a door today. You don't. <laughs> but how does the door get inside the computer? It's real. <laughs> how the fuck did you do that? Is Tron real? What else is real that I didn't know was real? <laughs> It's it melts my whole concept of reality. I just lost it. I got blacklisted from the visual effects industry. Oh no! I just like had... the most innocent reason ever for being afraid of like things inside a computer. The idea of the concept of creating a three D world that I don't understand for some reason, even though it's like oh that poor that poor fellow he should have. He should have been born in the 20s. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I got really scared when I watched the train come towards the screen. Oh! Like, you should have been born in interwar. I would have been. Oh, yeah. I remember the interwar years eating my newspaper <laughs> soup and listening to my radio plays. Oh. <laughs> so anyways. Uh, back to the story. <laughs> Before we go further oh, off on another tangent, we're on tangent. Uh, fall apart for possibly. We're, well, we're just yeah, we're on a tangent train at this point. Like this is gonna be a long episode. I can feel it. So Mason goes to the mortuary looking for bodies, hoping he can pick some more clean. Oh, and this the... is so depressing. Just like really showcases <laughs> how much of a scumbag this guy is. Just... Yeah, and the mortician like lets him in doesn't really want to and he's kind of refusing to let him see the bodies because he knows like well well, they have like a deal going on because you find out that the mortician has like a bit of a tincture problem and he likes using stuff (laughs) old tiny drugs there's only one way i'll let you back there and that's with a bit of that devil's elixir yeah yeah and then and he there's tempts a him with shot it too, of like, like that's when he becomes even yeah. scummier because he goes from being like oh. nice scummy to like shitty scummy where it's like oh shitty you have scummy. layers of your scumbaggery like you're... yeah it's like oh because it's like he's pushing his luck a little bit and then when he asks for like the devil's elixir he's like oh really I really thought that yeah, I thought like more he has of the you. moral high ground like, all of a sudden. Like he thinks <laughs> he can take it. I'm like, dude, he has a drug is, problem. At least she doesn't rob bodies. This is your this is your in as yeah, well. Yeah, and, but don't there's get a shocky. This is how he the, became where he became because he's like so instantly like arrogant to this guy. So yeah, so arrogant, like out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this shot is so cheesy. It makes me think of like. 80s or 70s horror movies where like he's holding up the elixir like 
Like, it's just a close-up of uh, Mason's hand in the camera, yes. like, holding this elixir with his fingers. It's in the, like, the far right side, and then in the back is a close-up of the uh, mortician's face as he's just, like, staring yeah. at it. And <laughs> like, it's so just, like, classic horror movie. Yeah, like, like a bolt shot. of lightning so could have yeah. happened at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's something that we would set up an animation for, like, uh, like a very... It's like, like a I don't Disney know, it's... villain shot, like where yes. it's like, I'm yeah, totally. going to poison the apple. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, and it yeah. shows the the poison in the foreground and then the person's yeah. face in the background, like, oh, no. Poison! <laughs> like, you're like, oh, yeah, no. yeah. You, you're like explaining so it to like the back of the room. <laughs> like, okay, we know at the front it's <laughs> definitely poison. <laughs> like, yeah. It's very obvious at this point what's happening. Yeah, so okay. anyways, that's just another lovely cheesy shot. Yeah, it, and then, it um, the peppered throughout. They're like, it feels like, yeah. yeah, you're like watching a movie from like the 30s, like an old Frankenstein movie or something. Yeah, totally. So they go into the basement and he's oh, Mason's oh. working his way along a line of bodies. A very good work on the fake dead bodies. Whoever oh had to make God. those, they're all uniquely gross, gross <laughs> or like realistic. Yeah. So each of them have no, like nothing of value in terms oh. of like the woman body who was like bloated water. from water and like oh that was pretty gross it's like and i didn't know that the human fat head. moved off shifted from your body like that oh, yeah and, that like, was gross oh, yeah i was like oh her like boob fat yeah. was like all shifted around her body so it's just like yeah. weird lumps all over the place you're just like oh, yeah it's like oh like that someone definitely researched that because that has to be real oh like, that poor soul um, and then there's just one that's missing a head. Oh, yeah. He's like, we still haven't located that. And this guy also talks like Vincent Price. Where he's like, and oh, yeah. now I will show you where the bodies are. And he's got a lab coat on. Like, he's the most yeah. mortician mortician ever. Yeah, <laughs> like, he really is. Yeah, he looks like a walking... Bodies. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he says all the time. That's his, uh... <laughs> he wakes up that's in the morning. <laughs> I love dead bodies. Oh, yes. I basically am one myself. I look like a skeleton. <laughs> I'm actually a skeleton coat. and I just wear this skin to blend in. <laughs> I don't know why I talk like this. It's because living is pain. Existence <laughs> is suffering. And then he just makes his way to work with like a, a jaunty stroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just, he walks like oh, uh, cracking the whole way there. Like the silly walk from Monty Python. But like the, the most Leese. like painful looking one because he's so bony. Yeah, he's just oh, constantly God. creaking every time he moves. Oh dear. Tangent number so five. He... <laughs> there we go. So Mason's make, made his way through the line of bodies, but then at the end he sees a curtain. He's like, "Oh, what's that? What's oh, that?" He gets he gets corpse frenzy in his eyes. He gets corpse <laughs> frenzy. with corpse corpse frenzy. And he looks behind the curtain, and by God, it's an aristocrat! Oh, he doesn't even <laughs> have wooden teeth. <laughs> Oh yeah, one of them has wooden teeth. Oh, they look so gross. He... The close-up of the wooden teeth are so gnarly. Oh. I think that's the one that and, went in the uh, ocean too, just to add to. Oh yeah, 
But uh, yeah, so you see the aristocrat, and he looks at his teeth, and he's got like ten golden teeth, and like Ooh, and he's like, lost you can tell from his golden like, teeth. Like he oh, just might as well be drooling. He's just like <laughs> chopping at the bit to get to them. He's like, oh my god! The guy's uh, physically trying to like <laughs> restrain yeah. him from getting at him, and he's just like has his tongs out. He's like, give me that teeth, and he's like, the coroner oh, hasn't oh. even come. They're gonna fucking notice his teeth being ripped out. And we're both screwed, yeah. idiot. And he's like, no, I need them. Like, I need them. But then, just when he's about <laughs> to do it, the the widowed wife comes in to yes. assess the body before oh, the ceremony, the burial, and all that. And there's this amazing shot. Oh, this is the Mason, best shot in the episode. Yeah. This transition so Mason, glorious. <laughs> it's beautiful. So he's like, um, <laughs> so funny. But yeah, so when uh, the widowed wife comes in, mm-hmm. they have to both kind of like hide to, to yeah. make it look like they're, they're comically not just... literally hiding on the other side of the table. Like, woo! <laughs> there's like a crate that they're hiding yeah. behind and it has sort of like all these supplies on it. And there's mm-hmm. like this big... <laughs> giant like jug. circular jug of liquid yeah and you just see this and it's green like yeah. it's greenish lighting which is, is perfect and mason <laughs> perfect for this yeah. and mason is looking through this and it's magnifying his whole face <laughs> as so he's funny. like watching the widowed wife talk about how there's like this this super um fancy heirloom that he has mm-hmm. to be buried with. Yeah, it's like a special like, ring that was given to him by the king of England. It's like a cake, like a ring, and he has to be buried with his saber, oh, yeah. which is a sword. And, and, and it's so funny um, because they're so on the yeah. nose with it because she has like a little manservant butler with him. But, but miss, that's a priceless heirloom from King James himself. And, it, and it's just yeah. like like yeah, guy. and you see his face in like the in in. He looks like a cartoon character somehow. He's like he, like, it's Whoa. like a cartoon shot. It's like yeah, he's like big, super zoomed in. Like when someone has like coke bottle glasses, but it's for his whole head, yeah. and it looks like so I don't know, like the genie from Aladdin or something. I don't even know. It's amazing. It oh looks so God. goofy. Just like his eyes are so big, and the the slow transition. From, and it's like the whole screen is filling up his face. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> and like his eyes are super huge. And they're like the last thing to disappear as like it transitions to the full moon. And I'm pretty sure <laughs> that that is an homage to the Bram Stoker Dracula movie. Cause that had tons of cheesy shots in it. Cause it was, fe- it, they want that to feel like an old time yeah. movie. They, and they so, wanted it to feel like a play. Yeah, well. when Keanu Reeves is going to Dracula's castle, you see Gary Oldman's massive face just, like, in the sky. And he's like... <laughs> and he's, like, just laughing, and his eyeballs are huge. It's like, that's, like, not scary at all. But it sets up the oh. mood for the movie so well, where it's like, all right, that's we're in so for an funny. old-timey adventure with Dracula. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, how are they going to stop the, <laughs> the Dark Prince now? <laughs> so funny. So, yeah. So now we're at the oh, viewing I... with the uh, <laughs> Mason. Oh, God. Mason yeah. is standing over the body. So there the he's at. person. Now, there. Yeah, so he's like in the church and mm. there's like is this aristocrat's body. Like, yeah, the aristocrat's body is like laid out in his coffin, and he's just kind of like looking over it gleefully, like <laughs> chuckling to himself. He's like, Whoa. he's like a little kid on Christmas. Like, <laughs> like I can't wait to tear out all of his teeth. And, 
I was like skimming through this again and the music that plays during this is so funny because it's like both melancholic but happy so it's like this happy melancholic music that's, while he's like yeah, looking that's... at a corpse that's just like oh it's like it's such an awful person this is so weird it's like when yeah <laughs> it's like again it's very sweeney todd like it's so much of that movie it's so funny yeah, yeah. um and so he the aristocrat is laid adorned with a sword he's holding a sword and a metal placed around his neck and uh when the wife arrives mason he's kind of like caught like looking at the body and mason he just like exclaims that he's the caretaker for the graves and he plans to take very good care of him and she's like Okay. Like, uh, out of here, buddy. Every funeral is this like a thing? Yeah. And like, a, it, it, there's no one in this massive cathedral, and it's just his wife and like no kids and like a few people. That it's come super in. depressing. So later, after the burial, uh, Mason returns and he digs up the grave, and of course, it's it's like a an upward shot from under the soil and you yeah. just see him like yeah, digging yeah. out the soil um, yeah it's i think they like but, transition because they throw the dirt onto the on, onto the coffin yeah. and, and then, then it just it all of a sudden yeah. comes out and that's a transition to the him yeah the night. it's like, great oh, it's fun it's fun it's fun lots of fun transitions in this yeah episode. they had they, they were very um, creative with their transitions they had fun with it mm-hmm. and just as he discovered or he finds the body again. Nemesis returns. The rats. Yes. Just as he finds the body, the body is dragged out of a hole in the coffin and into the earth below. <laughs> With no other choice, Mason follows down the narrow passage. Oh my god. This is like where darkness. he starts to make a series of awful decisions oh, for greed alone. And this is where you're just like you're just like screaming at the TV. It's like you stupid yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> He's the stupidest person. Oh, he's so dumb. He he's deserves everything idiot. that yeah. happens to him, and it's so satisfying to see it happen to him because he's such a terrible dickhead. He's clearly a terrible person. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't know already, you will find that out very quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. as he's going down this very claustrophobic, tiny, narrow passage that he would never be able to turn around in. So it's I'm, a one way. I think. We're both just like, what are you doing? You're never going to get the body out of here, even if you get to the body, you can't turn around. Like, I guess you could, like, back up somehow, but I don't know. So And very fun sets, too. They build all these really nice sets. I was very happy. Really good. Really good. Super well done. Yeah. Yeah, So pretty soon after the rats, there's rats behind him that kind of find him. And they're scuttling over him, but (laughs) he's trying to fight these rats. Oh, my gosh. Why are you doing this? Yeah, like, just, just, just let them face. go. Just, let, just, just cover let... your face. Let them, let them jump over you. Uh, but he's being stupid, so he's trying to fight off these rats. And of course, a rat bites him. Yeah, and um, they're rats that are ready to eat corpses, so the leap to eating a living person wouldn't be that hard for a rat. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Yeah. So still, he's trying to follow where the body went, and Mason he... encounters. <laughs> Something else. Oh my god, this is so great with the reveal <laughs> of the fucking mama rat. I love whoever built so, this thing. Yeah. It is they... amazing. <laughs> it looks. He peers around a corner under the 
this weird <laughs> tunnel system underground and sees this ginormous mo- like mother rat that's like hairless. three times the size of him. And it's like, got it's just like tons huge. of normal rats like suckling on her like mama nipples just like rolls over like that's like all so this like gross and it's like coming out of its 90 percent practical effects apart well, from pa- probably a few shots maybe. yeah yeah like the, the but, rats that were on it when they first reveal it were probably faked but like the rat yeah. itself the mama rat is great because it's always just tons of close-ups of this big bland yeah. blind because there's no way you're gonna be able to like fully show the whole no, thing no it would have but, to uh, but it's so it looks like it, it looks so like they're they made like a modern day version of the rat from the Princess Bride, the R O U T S S, the rodents of unusual oh, size. R O U S S, rodents of it. So what? What? What about the rodent R O U S S, rodents of unusual size? I don't believe they exist. And then one just jumps out of the bushes and bites his shoulders, like, Rah! and he's just wrestling with it. Like that's a revival of like. So it felt oh, so fun God. watching this. I'm like, oh, it's like the Princess Bride, the rat, the R O U S S. This is great. I don't remember that at all. I watched the Princess Bride so much as a kid i had it on vhs my mom taped it's it my off mom's TV. favorite movie yeah it's definitely one of my favorites i watched that movie so many times it is, it is a, i have seen it many times of my mind it's been a while it's one of the most quoted <laughs> movies that, that i that i had as a, through my childhood was that that movie that like inspired oh, of course. a large portion of my my humor i think as a, oh, as very, well there you go it is like one of the few like very non-British movies that kind of like transfers over for some reason. Like it's kind of like a, it's in a Venn diagram. Like yeah. it's in there somewhere. It, yeah, it's just like a perfect fairy tale movie, but it's also very aware that it's a fairy tale movie. So it's just yeah. I don't know. It's Rob Reiner, you friggin' make great movies. I don't need to go into a tangent about how much I love Rob Reiner because I could feel myself going there because okay, I almost started talking about going. Spinal Tap. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna keep. We're gonna okay. move on quickly. Before so, Mason. <laughs> so yes, uh, <laughs> Mason encounters a massive queen rat, which is mostly practical effects, yes! and it's lovely. <laughs> and the rat, the queen rat, finds him and chases him until he falls down a hole. Basically, there's like this little chase sequence, and he falls down a hole. Um, discovering that he has landed in a subterranean temple filled with skeletons <laughs> and riches. Like, yes, I love how they're able like, to escalate him being trapped in this rat cave. It's like, where is it going to go? It's like, oh, he just falls into hell. <laughs> yeah, it just looks like hell. It looks like one of those, got like the inside of a gothic cathedral that's just like covered in dirt and yeah. like, there's skeletons everywhere. But uh, <laughs> all, every... Wait, where am I? Um, yeah, so he falls, and this temple is filled with skeletons and riches. So it's all these dead yeah. people that had gold and whatever. Oh, on yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So Mason is like completely oh, yeah, filled he's, with glee. And he's, he's just like jazzed. filling his, he's he's filling in his pockets. Murder room filled with so many skeletons. That's, that part that's is not sinking in. And then he notices that there's just like this one corpse that's like propped up and it has this very prominent pendant that oh, it's wearing. Very familiar. The same one very from the familiar. beginning with the weird spider things. And now we're starting to think like this looks very cult like. Like mm-hmm. this looks like maybe devil worshiping shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... They're down with the devil. So. Oh. I summoned my black cat. (gasps) She's down with the devil for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
clearly is attracted to this and tries to like take it off of the skeleton who which is like kind of clutching it in its yeah. hands yeah it's, it's and fresh. as he's as he's pulling it off it like separates the body in half yeah, and the body were... falls onto the ground it's a very goonies then... moment <laughs> where very like the, the fratellis steal it... one-eyed willie's money and then uh the boat starts to sail away because all they could have yeah. taken all the other riches just just leave that stuff for one-eyed willie he did not exactly. watch the goonies He's stupid. So yeah, he, as soon as he takes it off of the corpse, the corpse basically reanimates and is just like, it's just an evil. Oh yeah, it kind of talks. It talks. Yeah, it's great. It's like a battle with a torso. What is happening in this short? Yeah, you're just like, how is this? We're at mummies attacking him now. Like yeah. we started with normal rats, and we got mama rats. And he's still throughout all of this. He's still trying to steal all of these riches, so, and he's running away from this corpse. Well, because he gets the sword, the it. fancy sword from the general yeah. guy, because they drag the general guy back to the body pile as well. And so he's fighting the mummy with this corpse's oh, sword, yeah, right. and he's like stabbing at it and stuff. Like it's just, it's comical at this point, just how like absurd it's gotten and that's saying it's something it's doing nothing so still he's trying to escape from this mummy deep all of this is so avoidable <laughs> so avoidable but he's climbing yeah. Ooh, also he's they show a sick uh like cthulhu tentacle monster like cultist statue where it's like a full-on yeah, cthulhu right. yeah. tentacle face vagina mouth with like multiple yeah. eyeballs and it's like wearing a robe <laughs> like it's like that's and very you realize that that's what the the gem is is the face of this cthulhu thing men it's very men like that oh movie, men. Yeah, yeah 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 when he's wearing it has all the shit on his face <laughs> yeah it's got that weird green man thing so um, <laughs> yes yes that's so very... yes Point. Deep underground, Mason is fleeing from this corpse, <laughs> and he's trying to climb up to safety, and he is able to kind of, like, wriggle into this larger space, and there's, right. like, a giant boulder above that he's trying to, like, get mm -hmm. out of space, because it's like, yeah. okay, this seems like the exit, but he's interrupted. From one side, we have the corpse <laughs> torso, and then Crawled another the side, <laughs> we have... The mama rat. Ah, uh, so yes, because he's climbed back up of... through one of the tunnels, and now he's back in the rat yes. tunnels. And yeah, mama rat's like, you forgot about me. <laughs> yeah, so the mama rat scuttles into the area. Yes, and in, there's like this big fight sequence between him and the rat, and then the stabbing at it more with the thing, sword. stabbing at it, and he's doing terribly. But through the commotion, he ends up like hitting the boulder, and it, yeah, he like pulls down it, and. Somehow. Something happens, and the boulder is basically released, and it slams down on the rat and oh, creates like rat. squishes the rat, and then there's this huge cave in. He's covered in guts now. Too. He's covered in guts, but with all of this, he's like able to climb out of a new opening. Yeah, because that also so, pins the mummy behind the rocks as well. Yeah. So he's like he sees the light, and now the rocks are completely covering his way. So he's got only one way to go now. They got one way to go. So Mason climbs to safety, or so he thinks. <laughs> when after the cave, cave, uh, he is, wait, yeah. when after the cave in yeah. has led him upwards to, well, what he thinks is light, he gets up and then realizes 
He's in a sealed grave. Yeah. He's in. Yeah. And it has he's this little clack too, which he, which is a nice callback because earlier when he gets caught red-handed drooling over the corpse of that woman's husband, uh, he comments on like the little plaque that's inside his, uh, right. his coffin, and he's like, "Oh, rest eternally, rest in peace." And it's written in Latin or something. He yep. tries to be suave, and then it's. He's not so suave about it when he's reading it from inside the coffin. He's just like, uh-huh. Yep. Then it get, goes exactly. from bad to worse. <laughs> exactly. With no escape, upwards or down, the remaining rats enter his final resting place. And it's so perfect that the, the normal rats are, is yeah. what gets them. Just the normal rats the normal that he's rats. been bitching about the whole episode. <laughs> exactly. And the camera pulls back as screams are heard from below. Yes. Oh, and then we have one final scene <laughs> where later two grave robbers are digging up a grave to unearth a very dead Mason at this point <laughs> with his horrified expression. He does not look like as a good they time. as they're like clo- inspecting it closer, oh. rats begin to squirm out of his mouth his eyeball yes yeah, like one big rat comes yeah. out of his mouth and he's like body unnaturally starts kind of gyrating and it's jiggling. like that like he's full of rats yeah oh rats. yeah they, they really yes. start pouring out of them <laughs> it's like, oh. oh yeah he gets it so good sweet revenge for mama rat sweet revenge yeah and for the so mummy that's... you're rooting for the mummy and the mama rat. Yeah, you, you're you're rooting for everyone except Mason. <laughs> yeah, he's like the tree. You're following the villain of the story. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, yeah, that is that's it. That's Graveyard Rats, episode two of uh, yeah. It's a great tight little short story. I can totally see that being a short story and ending exactly like that. Like that is that story was perfect for yeah. the cabinet of curiosities. That is that fits right in there. You could. Show that to your sister on Halloween and scare the bejesus out of her. <laughs> oh, she would never watch this. But actually, the sh- the tele—I guess this might be considered the teleplay because it says the teleplay is by uh, Vincenzo Vincenzo Natale. Oh, so, so he wrote it as well. So perhaps this is his. This is the teleplay. Yeah. But it's based on the short story by Henry Cutner. So. Okay. Well, I'm gonna look up that director's stuff because that was a fun, that was a fun little story. Yeah. So I wonder if he's made anything else fun. Maybe we'll watch something from Batman some other time. I won't try to pronounce it right now because I'm not gonna get it right. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, he's done a film called Nothing, which is a 2003 Canadian surrealist comedy drama film. Oh, he's a Canadian. All right. Yes. Oh, nope, he's not. Oh, never <laughs> He's mind. from Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> what? So he's an Italian name from Detroit, Michigan, but he made a Canadian film. All right. Well. Yeah. What a complicated. He directed Cypher. Cypher. 2002 science fiction sci-fi thriller. Is that a really weird action movie with Benicio del Toro and or, no, Benicio and Antonio oh, Banderas. There we go. Not Benicio His del directing Toro. debut was Cube. Oh, Cube! I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. that is a Canadian 1997. film. Nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, apparently that's like it's a really interesting idea, but the it's a super low-budget movie, so 
the acting and stuff isn't great, but I tried watching Cube once actually. Why don't you give it another shot? They, it was it was remade kind of recently. Yeah, because it, it it spawned like a bunch of sequels too. I think like it was a fairly popular low budget movie, but the idea is interesting, where it's just people trapped yeah. in these rooms. Yeah, and they have to like go and each room has like a different danger that can kill them essentially, and they have no idea why they're there, and they're just trying to get out of this thing. It turns out that it's a cube, <laughs> and all the rooms are cubes. So it was like a very clever movie because all the rooms look the same, so they can just use the same room over and over again. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, oh, that was smart. That was smart. <laughs> Worked that into the story. Yeah, it's it's smart. For some reason, I thought there was like an even newer version, but maybe this is the one I'm thinking of. But anyways. Yeah, I thought a bigger That's budget a whole other version. Thing. <laughs> Cube, Cube movie series. Oh yeah, the Cube movie 2021. So there is definitely a new Cube. Oh okay, so that's the one I'm thinking of maybe. Yeah. But oh, oh heard, it's a Japanese. Heard... They made a Japanese yeah. version of it. Ooh, that better be good. Oh my goodness. Maybe we'll watch the Japanese version of the oh, Cube. Oh shit! It's all gore, so it's perfect for this, I guess. Exactly. And it'll it'll fill in well because the next movie we're gonna watch is Indonesian. So we'll just we'll just go on a on an Asian horror tour. And uh, just watch a bunch of spooky Asian horror movies. I love Asian horror movies. They're great. Oh, boy. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a bunch. There's Cube Zero, Cube Two, yeah, there's Hyper a ton Cube. Of them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, well, that's tangent yeah. eight. So I guess we can end it on that. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That was, uh, I mean, it's, it's a delightful little episode, and I hope everyone. I just yeah. At the end of all of these, I just want everyone to watch all of them. I just yeah. It's nice to see a nice, like a diverse collection of shorts that are all good, but they're from different directors, and yeah. they all have a different feel to them. So Guillermo del Toro yeah. knows how to use his fame right. Like he uses his fame to get I other people to. I very much appreciate everything he's been doing yeah he's just so great yeah. that he made this show so that other people could shine and be like hey i like these people and i'm famous enough that i could get people to pay for their shit to get made so i'm gonna do that and it's like wow you nice dude you like yeah you just love what you do you nice dude you just hire people that are good at what they do and then get people to watch them they're passionate about great. it like you are <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, <laughs> I haven't said I it enough. Guillermo, I love Guillermo del Toro. Oh, <laughs> uh, we all, we, yeah. I'm e an even bigger fan now after watching through all of these. So. Yeah, and we still have yes. a few more, so they'll crop up every once in a while when we get lazy. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of lazy, I'm just gonna say bye. That's my outro. <laughs> bye. All right, podcast's over. I don't want to be here anymore.